Today's daf is Baba Kama daf Samach Aleph. We left off on daf Samach Amid Beis. We are at the two dots, um, about five, six lines into the wide lines, into the very wide lines. So uh, the Gemara is about to, this very famous Gemara that we're about to learn, about David HaMelech. We're dashing a few psukim in the end of Shmuel Beis, where it talks about at the very end of David's life, so it talks about a lot of the people that were involved in David's life and uh, some of the battles that he fought, so the Pesukim say, just to let you know what it says in the Pesukim, that uh, there was once a time where, well, there were many times where David had to deal with the Plishtim, but there was one particular time where uh, where the Plishtim were a major threat, and uh, the, the Pasuk says, of the David Azbim Matsuda, Umatsab Plishtim Azbeislachem, Vais Aved David Vayomar, and all of a sudden David became very thirsty and he said who can get me some water to drink from the uh from the water of base lechem that's by the gate and uh, three of the giborim, three of David's strongmen, go into the camp of the plishtim. And they get water from the gate. And they go and they bring it to David. And David doesn't want to drink them. And he pours them out to Hashem. And David says, uh, God forbid that I should do something like this. That uh, these are people that, uh, that 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 risk their lives, and I don't want to drink them. And uh, this is what these three giborim did. So very strange, uh, very strange story. What exactly is going on? They got him water, but he didn't want to drink it. But he was so thirsty, he was desperate to drink it. So the Gemara is going to dash in a little bit what's going on over here. That the, the the Gemara assumes that the Navi is speaking metaphorically about the water and about the Sha'ar. That water ain't Mayim el Torah, right? Water obviously must be a reference to Torah. David required something, some issue in Torah to be resolved. And the Sha'ar, who sits at the Sha'ar, so the Sanhedrin, Bechol Yervir, Bechol Pelech Upelech, they sit at the Sha'ar, right? The Sanhedrin uh, sits at the gate, so he needed someone to go ask a Shaila. So let's see the, uh, the Gemara, how the Gemara understands this. So Michael Mibayle, what was bothering David? So the Gemara is going to have three possibilities. Amar Rava, Amar Rav Nachman, Tamun Be'esh Kamibayle, Ikrav Yehudu, Ikrav Anan. Upashtule, Maidupashtule. That he wasn't sure about the Shaila of Tamun Be'esh. He wasn't sure if you have something that's hidden inside of something else, and then you light it on fire, are you chayiv? For uh, for burning the uh, that which is hidden, he wasn't sure if we pass like Rabbi Yehuda that you're chayiv on tamin beish, or we pass like the Rabbanon that you're patr on tamin beish. Now, obviously, Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon didn't exist yet, but this is uh, the Torah Shabbal In theory, the the shitos both existed, and he wanted to know how we pass them. If you look at Rashi, tamin beish kami byle ma'isa bal the fun of b'machne shasarf u'anash of gadish shal Yisrael that uh, his people had burnt down a, uh, a haystack that belonged to a Jew. So he needed to know the halach, what the halach is. Is he going to have to pay for the things that were hidden inside of that haystack, or is he only going to have to pay for the haystack itself? That's possibility number one. Possibility number two. That there was uh, haystacks of, uh, of, of, of there were stacks of uh, saorim of barley that belonged to Jews, 
and Plishtim were hiding in them. And he wanted to know, he wanted to know if he can smoke them out, right? Meaning he needs to get rid of those Plishtim. They're hiding amongst the Jewish stacks of grain. So he wanted to know, can he burn down those stacks of grain and get the, and, and, and kill the Plishtim in order to save his own life? Otherwise, uh, his life was in jeopardy because these Plishtim were after him. So Shalchulei, they sent back to him, that generally speaking, absolutely not, one may not take someone else's money in order to save their own life. But lucky for you, you're the king, and the king could do, could do whatever he wants. A king can be parit's derech, and uh, no one could stop him, meaning a king, if he wants to make a derech right through someone's field, he's allowed to take the field and go right through, even if his life's not at risk. So since a king is allowed to do these things, of course, if you're worried about your life, if uh, you're worried about um, uh, some life-threatening situation, then certainly you're allowed to take someone else's money. That's part of your special rights and privileges as a king. So what was the shaila he was asking whether he's allowed to be matzal atzma mam chavero? Tells says, no, that can't be the shaila. What do you mean? If, am I allowed to save my life by using my friend's money? Of course I'm allowed to save my life when I use my friend's money, by using my friend's money. There are only three things that are only b'fei pikuach nefesh. There are only three things for which I'm not allowed to save my life for, and that's avodah zargila rayash v'chaz davim. So as, as, say, using my friend's money is not one of the uh, what, not one of the three. So Tal says, no, the shaila was yibayle ichayev the shalim kashit l'atzmo b'fei pikuach nefesh. He was, Shaila wasn't, is he allowed to smoke them out? Shaila is, once I do it, am I going to have to pay or am I not going to have to pay? Of course I'm allowed to save my, li- save my life by burning down someone else's field. The question is, once I do save my life by burning down someone else's field, am I going to have to pay money for that? That's Tosas Pshat. Now, the Binyan Sion has a famous tshuva in Simon Kuf Samach Zayin, in Binyan Sion, Rav Yaakov Eltlinger, and he writes... And the Rush also agrees with Tosos. Does not really fit the Lashon Gemara at all. The Gemara should not have said which means can I save myself with my friend's money? The Lashon of the Gemara should have been if I did save myself with my friend's money, do I have to pay or not? But what was motivating the Russian and the Tosas to say that the Shaila must have been about after the fact? Because because we the, what was motivating the Russian Tosas obviously, like we said, they know that there are only three Yaharig Valyavars. so it can't be. <coughs> It simply can't be that you're, that the Sanhedrin were asking that a regular person is not not allowed to be matzah So that's the sheet of Tosos. However, uh, Rashi on the on 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 this sugyot, it actually it's a Rashi later on on the word vayatzileha. Rashi understands davar pashtu. If you look at the last line of Rashi on the page, that vaasulahatzilasatzimamulchaveru. you're not allowed to save your own life by using your your friend's money. This is uh, there was an article in the RGJ Journal many years ago about this topic. This is what's called in apparently in ethical uh, circles. This is called uh, in, in, uh, Heinz's dilemma. That uh, the Shiloh comes up that they they ask in all uh, ethics classes if a person's wife is uh, sick with some horrible illness and she's going to die from the illness but uh, there's a medication that can cure her and there's only one person in the world that produces that medicine and the man who produces that medicine uh, wants a million dollars for it 
and the man tries to raise all the money he can, and he goes around from town to town, and he does fundraisers and everything, and he comes up with $500,000. And he goes to the, to the person who has the medicine, and he says, look, I tried. All I got is $500,000. Can you please save my wife's life? Can you give me the medicine? And he says, sorry, price tag is a price tag. It's a million dollars, not $500,000. Not selling it to you. So is it ethical for the man to break into the, to the pharmacy and to steal the medicine in order to save his wife's life? Is that okay? So uh, that's, that's the Shaila. So that's, in fact, the Shaila between Rashi and Tulsus over here. Can you take someone else's money in order to save your life? So Tulsa says, absolutely, you're allowed to. There's nothing else that's only b'fnei b'koach nefesh. Rashi says, no, it's us. It's yaharig val yavar, to steal someone else's money. Now, the obvious kasha on Rashi is that, uh, like, the, 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 what, exactly what was bothering Tosos, and it's, and it's expressed by the, by the Mishra Lamelech and uh, the Prashas Drachim, that's quoted by the Binyan Sion over here, he says, Vikas of Aleim, the, the Prashas Drachim writes about Rashi, Mashma desvirle, the Mashan is stopping David who emotalats, lots of Amchavero. It sounds like Rashi's not, Rashi says that David wasn't sure if he's allowed to steal money to save his life. That's, that's so strange. How could it be? How could it be that you can't save save uh, you can't save yourself with uh, someone else's uh, with someone else's money? So it's very difficult to understand Rashi. Says the Benitzion, I don't think it's that difficult to understand Rashi. He says we have a very simple cheshbon. The Gemara Numa Daf Pehei says that Rabbi Akiva Darshan that pikuach nefesh is docha Shabbos because avoda is docha Shabbos, and we know pikuach nefesh is docha avoda, right? So kolshkin pikuach nefesh is going to be. Uh, um, is going to be Docha Shabbos, right? If Avodah is Docha Shabbos and Pikuach Nefesh is Docha Avodah, so Pikuach Nefesh is Docha Shabbos. So he says, if the Torah was matir to be Mechal Shabbos for Avodah, do you think the Torah was matir to steal for Avodah? Let's say you have no other animals to bring for a carbon except, no, and, except the only, your only possibility is stealing an animal. Are you allowed to steal an animal in order to do the Avodah? So he says, Dover Pasha, that you're not allowed to steal. So you're allowed to um, violate Shabbos in order to do the avoda and pikuach nefesh is compared to Shabbos, right? So pikuach nefesh, we we uh, we 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 learn from avoda that pikuach nefesh is docha Shabbos. We learn from avoda being docha Shabbos. So he says, wait a second. If avoda is so, if uh, if pikuach nefesh is the same as avoda, and we know that stealing is not docha avoda, so it makes sense that stealing shouldn't be docha pikuach nefesh either. So he says, just simple reading of the Gemara Numa Daf makes sense if you put everything on par with each other and you make all the equations it seems that pikuach nefesh that, steal, uh, that stealing should not be docha pikuach nefesh and that you shouldn't be allowed to steal so he says not so strange that uh, that Rashi that Rashi says this in, in fact um, he uh, he says it's 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 actually uh, quite mistaver that, uh, that that Rashi would say this so Ben uh, Yitzchak says it seems that many Rishonim hold like those but he doesn't think it's Pashup Shad in the Gemara. So he's not really sure where to go. Bidin Sion in general has a few chuvas, five or six chuvas in a row, about um, Yaharig Val Yavar and what might be Yaharig Val Yavar besides for what we know is Yaharig Val Yavar, besides for the big three. He has a couple of chuvas in a row on the issue of Mablin Pnei Chavero Barabin, that maybe embarrassing someone publicly is also Yaharig Val Yavar. That one he has a lot more basis in Rishonim for. Over here he has a Diuk in Rashi. He doesn't have much more than that. But over there, uh, when it comes to Mablin Pnei Chavero, 
Pharaoh, you have Rishon, let's say, so Beferish, because it's really enough in a Gemara, Mesach Hasot Tadafyud, where the Gemara says that it's, better to throw yourself into a furnace than to be Mal Pnechaver Bram. Over here he's reaching a little bit, and he has a Rashi in Pirkeyavos, he has more to say over here, we don't have time to get into it, but it's a fascinating chuva, to say the least, in this discussion about uh, whether you're allowed to steal money in order to save a life. Now the Maritzchayis has another source that uh, that we seem to, that that it seems a lot of others missed. Maritzchayis writes. Maritzchayis um, writes. Near Be'enai, Ayn Prashas Drach. Let me quote that Primagadim. Derech Hachaim Shekasa Demashim Rashi Kan Desuile Da'asul Ahas Lasma Mam Chaverah Filu Malkum Kuch Nefesh. Then he quotes the Rambam. The Rashi Vitos Has Kan Pligi Bazeh. The Tamal Shitas Rashi Arin Chadavra Mufnei Kuch Nefesh. And the Primagadim doesn't understand Rashi. Says Maritzchayis, not so schwer. Vuulam Atzini Yerushalmi Mufurish Alzeh. We have an Afni Yerushalmi. Pirish Parakein Mamidin. Losof Davar Omer Haroges Ishploni. Elafilu Omer Chamos Eschavero Chayev Limsar Nafsho. Yerushalmi says, not only do you have to give up your life if someone says, I want you to kill that person or I'm going to kill you, not only would you have to take a bullet in that situation, but even if someone were to say, Chamos Eschavero, I want you to rob from that person, you would still have to give up your own life. So it's not from Yerushalmi. Vayim Prey Moshe Shem Shekasev Efshad Yerushalmi Azul B'Shitas Rav Meir Ha'idim Shomalem Chasmu Shekar Valtei Hargu Yehargu Valtei Chasmu Shekar And this is based on the Shitas Rav Meir and Ksubis Tav Yutesim Beis where a Meir says that if someone that if someone comes to Adim and says sign falsely on this document uh, and or else I will kill you you should get killed rather than signing falsely on a document. So apparently the uh, there is such a shita out there. It must be that's how the Pnei Moshe says that must be how the Yerushalmi holds. But says the uh, the Maritzchayis that could be what Shita Rashi is based on. Could be based on uh, on that Yerushalmi. Question the Benyasiun deals with is why would you have to say a svara? The Gemara is going to say later on that Pebe is a svara that if uh, if someone tells you to kill somebody or they're going to kill you. So uh, Rava over there says a svara that better to get yourself killed because my chazis the damid dach sumak who gavra sumak who told you your blood is redder maybe the other guy's blood is redder how do you know which life is more valuable so Binyan says the the kasha is though according to Rashi what do you need such a svara if I'm not even allowed to take his money in order to save my life of course I'm not allowed to take his life in order to save my life you shouldn't need such a svara so he says no you do need such a svara because what if he's mochel. Right, if it were only a kavachomer from money, so money. If the other guy is mochla, says here, take my money. It's okay, save your life. Take my money. Then you'd be allowed to do it. But when it comes to uh, to his life, even if he's mochel with the svar of my chazas, even if he's mochel, he shouldn't be allowed to take to take his life. Even if he says, no, I'd rather die better than you. So better to kill me rather than than, than you die. You still shouldn't be able to because you don't know which blood is redder to the ribonishlam, which which life the ribonishlam values. More. Okay, but anyway, that is the second shot in what David was uh, was asking. He wanted to know if he's allowed to save his life by burning out those plishtim. For Abanan Vite now shot number three. For Abanan Vite Meraba Bar Mari Amru Gedishim de Saorin de Israel Havu Ugedishim Da Adashim de Plishtim that there were some uh, some some piles of of Jew, Jewish owned barley and there was uh, there was plishtim owned lentils. The Kamibayilhu 
And what he wanted to know is, can I use, can I take the Jewish-owned barley to feed the animal, and almanas that I'll pay back with the adashim that I'm going to confiscate from the plishtim. So meaning, can I take the, something that's owned by a Jew, almanas I'm going to pay him back something better. I'll give him, I'll give him more, I'll pay him back more than, more than what I took from him. So Shalchulei, so I sent him Chaval Yashav Rasha Gzeli Yishalim. Afavish Gzela Mishalim Rashahu. That generally speaking, even if you pay back something that you stole, you're still a Rasha. Avlata Melechato. Melech Paritzas Soderach Vein Mochen But you happen to be a king. So king, you, uh, king can, can be Paritzas Soderach. He can make roads. He can take things from people. And no one could say anything. So what was this Shaila? His Shaila was, can I switch the Jewish owned barley for the, uh, for, and give, pay them back better? Says the Rush that the Shaila is not really much of a Shaila. If we take it at face value, he says the demayri shadayin He says the only way this is a shaila is if the plishtim lentils were not yet available to David. He didn't have them yet, so that's why he had a shaila. That he wanted to give, he wanted to take the Jewish-owned uh, produce, the Jewish-owned uh, barley. And when he comes across a dashim that belonged to Plishtim, that's when he'll pay back the Jews. But until then, he's, uh, he doesn't have it right now on hand. But had he already had the Adashim that belonged to the Plishtim, had he already had it available, He says, then we have a concept of Zachim Adam Shlobafanov. If Adashim are worth more than Saorim, you're allowed to exchange somebody's Saorim for Adashim, because the Adashim are worth more than the Saorim. So there would be no Shiloh. Of course David would be allowed to exchange it. The Shiloh over here was that he didn't have it yet. So he wanted to know, can I exchange it on the chance, on the hope that I'm going to have it, and then I'll pay back, with the plan to pay it back later. It's similar to what the Akronim write by Tosos in the last day, that Tosos understands the Shiloh was, once I save my life with someone else's money, right? do I have to pay it back? And the answer was, generally, yes, you do have to pay it back, right? means you have to pay it back, so something I'm right. That doesn't mean that you need to have the money on hand in order to be allowed to save your life. No, you're allowed to save your life. And worry about the money later. That will come later. So if you hear also, this is the way the Russian understands. The whole Shiloh is only if I don't have the, the, the better produce available to me yet. But if I have it available to me, then of course, Zachem Ladim Shlobafanov. That's a very not so Pashud application of Zachem Ladim Shlobafanov. The Ktsos famously said, he formulates the idea of Zachem Le Adam, but we don't say Zachem Me Adam. Right? What if it's a Zuchus, but I'm going to take something from a person, but it's a Zuchus for me to do it. For instance, to be Mafresh Trumas Maestros for him. So it's a Zuchus, it's a, it's a, it will make all the rest of his food mutter, but I'm taking something from him. So Zachem Le Adam, but not Zachem Me Adam, according to many Rishonim. So over here, it involves taking something from the people. I'm going to take something, granted, I'm going to give them something better, but still, I'm taking something from them. And the Rush still understands that it's a Dover Pashut, that, that it's still called a Zuchus, that you're still allowed to do it. So that's, that's a whole uh, that, that's a major sugya which uh, one day we'll get to when, when we get to the uh, the sugyas that deal with it more directly. Okay. Anyway, 
Um, so these are the three pshatim in what exactly was uh, was bothering David. So says the Gemara. Now let's try to compare the different pshatim to each other. If you say that the issue was the third thing that we said that he was questioning whether he's allowed to switch the saorim for the adashim, can you use the Jewish on saorim and pay them back with adashim? So then it makes a lot of sense that you have one pasuk that talks about a field full of Adashim, and you have another Pasuk that talks about a field full of Saorim. That works out really great, right? You would have one Pasuk talking about each, because uh, we're, we're uh, um, because in fact, that was exactly the issue. Can you trade one for the other? But if his issue was about burning it down, right, if his issue was, can I burn, can I smoke out the Plishtim that are hiding in there? So if that was the issue, then what, 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 why are there two Pasukim, one talking about Adashim and one talking about Saorim? Which was it? What, what exactly was the uh, was the issue? Now, Lamakli could mean either of the other two pshat, right? Meaning it could mean the pshat that of being matzlats mamlam chaver by by smoking them out by burning it down, or it could mean the tamun be'ish shaila. But either way, it was talking about him burning something down, right? So amalcha davunami gedishim da adashim diyisrael davun mitzmer vuplishtim. Going with pshat number two, it could be that not only were the plishtim hiding in piles of saorim that belonged to Jews, they were also hiding in piles of adashim that belonged to Jews. They weren't uh, they weren't uh, only limited to hiding in one min. They were hiding in whatever they could find to hide in. So that's what David Amalek was asking about saorim adashim. It was about all those things to burn it down. Says Marvaita, Bishlam Lamandi Malamakli. I understand very well the issue was about burning him out. I understand why the word Vayatsileha makes sense. What does Vayatsileha mean? This is where the Rashi is. Shaloyus Rafua Holva Aslahasal Sasmam Khavero. Vayatsileha means to save the, the, the stuff that belonged to the Jews, um, because you're not allowed to save yourself the Mamun Khavero. But if the issue was about trading one for the other, what's the vayatsileha? What's the lashon vayatsileha? Says the No means not to allow them to pull the switch. That's vayatsileha. Says the tarti. I understand according to the two pshatim. I understand why I need two psukim. El I understand according to pshat number two and pshat number three why I need two psukim. El Why do I need? Um, so says the Gemara. Meaning, if the issue was was tamun beish, so then it's just a svara in, uh, in in the Gemara. So what do you need the pesukim for? No, it must have been that he wasn't just bothered about Taman Be'esh, he was bothered about Taman plus one of the other Shailas. So if you hold that the issue was Taman Be'esh, you can't hold it was the only issue. It must have been Taman Be'esh plus one of the other things. I understand very well according to Pshat number two and Pshat number three. I understand why David refused to drink it. What does it mean he refused to drink it? They brought him back a psak that said that even though a normal person is not allowed to do this, you're a melech, so you're allowed to do this. So I understand very well. That means law of David David didn't want to accept that psak. He wasn't interested in drinking that water. So uh, he said, since there's an Isra involved for a regular person, I'd rather not do it. I'd rather not rely on a special header for a king. But if you hold that the issue was Taman Be'esh, 
the, his issue was whether he's going to be chayev for uh, for lighting on fire uh, something that has uh, something else hidden in it. So they sent him a psakalacha for uh, for everybody. Nothing to do with uh, with, with they, they they just sent him a, uh, a psakalacha that's that's a Torah So uh, so they they just answered the shaila. They didn't make any special dispensation for a king. They just told him what the halacha is about tam and beish. That's all it was, right? The only dispensations we find for a king about ata melachata were in Pshatim number two and three. So why would David refuse to drink it? Why did David not want to uh, rely on it? So says Amar, no, the law Amrinu Mishmayu. He didn't want to say it in their names. So Amar, because he said, because I have a Kabbalah from the basin of Shmuel, Kalamos that if someone gives himself over for Misal, Divrei Torah, you don't say over Dvar Lach in his name. Meaning, we read in the Pesukim, these people risked their lives to get this Pesach Now, why did they have to risk their lives for it? They didn't have to risk their lives. That's the answer. They did not have to risk their lives. They risked their lives when it wasn't called for. They should not have risked their lives. And David Amel said, someone who wrongfully risked his life, al divrei Torah, just to get a psakalacha, he said that you should not say a dvaralacha over in their name. Now, why not? What's so terrible? Why dafka that? That of all the punishments, we don't say dvaralacha over in their name. So the marsha, marsha deals with this question, and the marsha answers as follows. The Marsha writes that Nirabazad the Kala Omer Davar Bashem Omro may be Gu'ula Liolam. That any time you say something in the name of somebody else, you bring Gu'ula into the world. The Elush Shasam right, that's Gmar Megillah. The Elush Shasam Khalanes, Lelech, the Makam Sakanas Nafashos, Ain Ro'ilasus Nesu Gu'ula Al Yedehen. Now the Gu'ula we want it to come about in the best possible means, by the best possible way. So someone who's Somichan and Nes and put themselves in Sakanas Nafashos, we'd rather not the Gu'ula come through them. The Afka of the Shluchim Mitzvah Nizokin, Hech the Shkech Zekashayni. I don't we say Shluchim Mitzvah Nizokin, they were going to do a mitzvah, so they didn't really risk their lives because they're Shluchim Mitzvah, so there's no way anything was going to happen to them anyway. So says Marsha, no. The Gemara Psachim says Beferish, that when it's Shkech Zekashayni, when it's a very dangerous situation, we don't have the rule of Shluchim Mitzvah Nizokin. Shluchim Mitzvah Nizokin means under normal circumstances. If you go, take normal risks, not unusually high risks, then you're not going to be Nizok. But if you're a Shluchim Mitzvah and you're taking major risks, so there's no guarantee that you're not going to be Nizok, so David didn't want that the Gula, or David had a Kabbalah from Shmuel that the Gula should not come about through people like that, the people that are going to risk their lives like that. The Ben Yoyada has a different Pshat, the Ben Yoyada says that the, the Pshat is that when you uh, when you say something B'Shem Omro, when you say over Divrei Torah that, uh, that, uh, from somebody so we know Siv Sosem Dovos Bekever even after they're alive, it's as if they're, they're, they still have some Chiyus in Olam Azeh. and the point is when you say something over in someone's name, it gives them the ultimate chiyus in Olam Azeh. So uh, if you have people who revealed explicitly that they're not interested in chiyus in Olam Azeh, that they're willing to forego the yafasha achas b'torah mitzvahs in Olam Azeh, that they're willing to forego time in Olam Azeh, so they don't deserve, it's a midah connected midah, they don't deserve that you should give them extra chiyus in al So we don't say Dvar Lacha over in their name. So that's, David's hesitancy was not in accepting the Psaq. He accepted the Psaq. That was fine. That's not what Lo Avalishtosa means. It means he didn't want to say over the Psaq in the name of the people who brought it to him. The uh, Achronim also quote, the, the, they ask Kash on this from the Gemara Mishach's Brachos. The Gemara says, in Brachos, ain divrei Torah miskaimim el b'misha memis atzmo aleha. That divrei Torah only lasts in someone who's going to be memis atzmo aleha, someone who's going to 
be most nefesh for is going to kill himself over uh, over Torah. So Pashtus is you have to say that it doesn't mean the the Minchas uh, writes in Shuvah. It doesn't mean that literally Meimasatz. Well, it means that person is going to give up on, uh, on a lot of worldly pleasures and is going to uh, you know not eat as much and not sleep as much and is really going to going to be moser nefesh for Torah. That's when the very Torah miskayim. It doesn't doesn't mean that literally you're going to kill yourself. If you kill yourself, then you're not going to end up with the Torah. You're not going to end up having any time to learn. So it's not not to be taken literally. So anyway, so David didn't want to. Say Mishmayu in the name. So says the Gemara. Vaiter vayasa chosam l'Hashem. So he pours it out to Hashem. Bishlam l'mani yamar hani tarti mishum da avod l'shem shemayim. L'mani yamar tamen beish my vayasa chosam l'Hashem. So according to the other two shitas, he did l'shem shemayim. Meaning, what did he do? He they told him that really a normal person would be usher to do this. But you're a king. You have a special hetter. So he didn't want any part of any special hetter for a king. And he did it l'shem shemayim. He wanted to be like a regular person. But according to the shita that it was about tamen beish. What does it mean? He accepted the psaq, we just said. He just didn't want to say it in their name. So, what, what do you mean? He poured it out to Hashem. What does that mean? Says He would say it in the name of Stam, in the name of Anonymous. So, he would have the halacha repeated and he would say the halacha over, but not in the name of those people. Was, it was Stam, it was as if it was just purely the Shem Shemaim. He would only say it uh, anonymously. Um, he just didn't want the halacha to be uh, to be to be on his name or on anyone else's name. He was just kovei that that's the halacha minastam that uh, they just said in the name of that's the tradition without saying anything anything more explicit. Okay, new mishnah. If the uh, the the fire passes over a fence that's four amos high or passes through rishus rabim. Or a river, so you're going to be potter. So, if, if you, because you, you're assumed that those uh, things are assumed to be enough of a protection that the fire shouldn't go past them. So, if the fire goes past them, you're potter. Says Marvatanya, Avrageder Shukva Abamas Chayiv. We have a Bryce that says Beferish the other way. It says Beferish that if it goes over a Geder, that's four Amos High, you're Chayiv. So, Marvapa, Tani Didan Kachashumi Lamala Lamata, Sheish Amos Potter, Chamesh Amos Potter, Ad Arba Amos Potter. Our time is counting down, meaning going from a, a, a wall that's six amos high, your potter, five amos high, your potter, up until four amos high, your potter. And means Adviad Bakhlal that included in, in being potter is four amos. Tanabra, the Brisa was talking, Milamata Lamala, was counting up from lower height fences. And you have up until Dalit Amos. And you have to say Ad Ad Meaning, if you want to say that the Bryce and the Mishnah agree, you have to say that one is talking Ad Vad one is talking Ad Ad but one is counting down and one is counting up. And that's how Rashi says, right? That uh, the time of the Bryce is suffer Ad Ad the Kul and Shavan, but Dalit Amos to Potter, but everyone would agree that your Potter and Dalit Amos. The Tan of Dan, Ad Vad Bukhal, the Tan of Bra, Ad Ad Fine. Amarava, Dalaramus Shamar the Potter, I feel the stay coated. The Dalaramus say your Potter, meaning having a Dalaramus fence that exempts you is even if the field is a field of thorns, it's a field of coats in which are very flammable. So uh, so what does that mean, even if which field is a field of thorns? So says Rashi, meaning even if the, the the flammable material that's on the other side of the fence is kotsim, even if the material that uh, in question is kotsim, still a far high fence is enough to protect your fire from not going over the fence. 
So you say, wait a second, what difference does it make? What's on the other side of the fence? I could have, it doesn't, why should it matter? If the forearm of wall is enough to protect that the fire shouldn't go, who cares if a flammable thing is on the other side? So either you could say you want, you'd want to take extra protection on highly flammable material because uh, the fire will just rage before you have any control over it. Or you could say, no, that if the, as the fire is like jumping a little bit over the fence, so sometimes just the presence of intense heat by a very flammable material is going to, it's going to start, it's going to light on fire. Whereas a less flammable material, even if the fire, if the fire is jumping a little bit by the edge of the fence or over the, the top of the fence a little bit, it's not going to catch fire. So that's what Rashi seems to be saying, that the Chiddush is, even though something's very flammable on the other side, having the fire jumping over the fence is still a forearm of fence is good enough. Four arms is enough to protect it. That's uh, the, our Girsa in Rashi. There is a... Um, Another girsa in Rashi that uh, that the Afiluais Sadash Shakofetas Allah Ha'ar, not Lisham Ha'ar. That might might make a difference. Might might mean that uh, that you have uh, you have you, that, that you have coats in your field. So the fire is much more likely to become a much larger fire by the time it gets to the fence. And that's the chiddush that the fire on 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 your side where you lit the fire is 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 where the coats are. And uh, the chiddush is that even though it could be a huge fire in your field because the coats are very flammable, still you don't have to worry that it's going to bust through the fence. Amraf Papa Misfas Kotsim Lamala Dalaramos, but the, the Dalaramas are measured from the top edge of the coats. And let's go with the first shot. The coats are on the other side of the fence. You need four arm a high fence. It doesn't. What if you have three amos of, of the uh, the field is filled with coats? So then you only have one amos from the coats to the top of the fence. And Mar says, no, no, four amos means four amos from wherever the tops of the coats are. It means four amos of empty airspace uh, between between the coats and the fence. Amarav that we only said that you're going to be putter when the ash is kaleach, meaning it goes, it's going upwards. But when the ash is a fire that uh, that 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 the wind is blowing, uh, of, um, is blowing in one direction, right? Blowing, uh, you know, from side to side. Then, uh, then even if it's a hundred amos away, you're going to be chayiv because that's a fire that travels. It's a little bit difficult to understand. What do you mean the fire? Fire? You light a fire, so sometimes the fire will uh, will go up depending on how, whether it's a windy day or not. The fire will either go up or will go more to the other side. So Tulsa says, no, it can't be talking about the fire when we talk about kolachas and kofefes. It must be ageder kai. It must be talking about the, the way the fence is made. That, that when the fence is built in, in a way that's strong vertically, so that's where we assume it's going to protect. But if the fence is more sprawling or bent over and therefore things can more easily jump over it, so then it's not going to be so, it's not going to be assumed to be protected. Ushmol says, no, we're talking about nechfefes. Let's go back to assuming like Rashi. We're talking about, Rabbi is talking about a fire that spreads uh, from one direction to the other. But if it were kolachas, then even any any type of fence would be enough. Tani kavas If we're nechfefes and there's uh, wood available, so then even up until mei mil you'd be chayiv because it could burn through anything. If it passes through a river or uh, a stream that's that's eight amos that's eight amos wide, so you're going to be pater uh, because we, the assumption is it shouldn't be able to. Uh, to well, Shlulis will explain what it is, but we, with the pashas is it shouldn't be able to, to jump over that uh, that area. Derech So we said if it goes through a derech the Mishnah said you're pater. Mantana amrav rablazer hidnan rablazer amusheshas yamos kuderek kushas rabim. And we assume a derech kushas rabim is sixteen amos, meaning if derech rabim just meant a lot of people were there, but it didn't need to be a certain width. 
So why should the fact that it's Derech HaRabim make you Pater? If more people are there, I would think that you should be more Chayiv. No, Derech HaRabim is a certain width, meaning the fire passed through a certain amount of space. It's 16 Amos that makes a Rishos HaRabim. This is a discussion in Shulchan Aruch. What, what the din of a Rishos HaRabim is, is obviously very much no Gea, Halach what, what are what's considered Rishos HaRabim Dal Raisa, because you can't make an Erev in Rishos HaRabim Dal Raisa. Right? This is the whole issue with the Brooklyn Erev in Ocean Parkway, Manhattan Erev in, and uh, so the, the uh, Shulchan Aruch writes, that it's if it's sixteen amos wide, and it doesn't have a ceiling, and has no wall, and even if it has a wall, but if it opens from one end to the other, it's open from one side to the other, uh, and the doors aren't closed at night. Havi Rishos Rabbim, that's a Rishos Rabbim. And then the Shulchan Aruch adds in one more thing. Anytime you don't have 600,000 people going there every day, so then it's not a Rishos Rabbim. So that would be huge kula. How many places in the world do you have 600,000 people that go there every single day? So the Mishnah Brewer writes that Where do we get that from? We get that from the Digle Midbar. That in Midbar we had Shishim Rebo people. So that, and that was the definition of Rishos Rabin. Wait a second. It shouldn't be 600,000. It should be 3 million. There were women. There were children. There were people under 20, people over 60. Right? You, had, you had lots of people there that, were not, that weren't counted as 600,000. No, no. The Pazak says Beferish 600,000, so we have to go with what it says Beferish. So the Gedda would still be 600,000. So, uh, halacha, do we pass on like this? So it says From the Mechaber, it sounds like Lalach, we don't pass on this way. Because he only says it as a but he says if you know people that are so much on this day and say that a place that has less than 600,000 people is not a Rosh Hashanah and therefore they're willing to build Erev in those places you can't, you can't yell at those people they're relying on a day that's quoted in Shulchan Aruch so what are you going to do? You can't, you can't scream at those people you can't say anything against them but he says this idea that the Mechaber says it has to be 600,000 people he says he says he says I've gone through all the Rishonim that come up with a 600,000 number none of them say it has to be every day just that there should be 600,000 people around but every single day there has to be 600,000 people he said that I never heard I don't know where that came from now Pasha says it also came from Digli Midbar right every single day was 600,000 people in the uh, in the camp but okay but that's uh, that's that's Mishabur. He has a long bear Allah where he goes through all the Rishonim and tries to figure out which Rishonim fit into this 600,000 Shita. So when we get back around to Erevin, we'll discuss it again. Uh, we've still got some time. Okay, says the Gemara. Oh, Nahar, Rav Amr, Nahar Mamish. Nahar means a river. Shmuel Amr, Arisa Dedalai. No, Nahar just means like the, uh, the, the, the irrigation canal that passes through the field that helps ir- irrigate the field. If you hold that, it's really a river. Even if the river doesn't have any water now, that would be enough to separate. But if you hold that, it's, we're only talking about the irrigation canal, then it would have to have water in order to, to do anything. The following split up fields in regards to Peya, to make it Chayev or Pater and Peya, depending on uh, if it's two fields, you Chayev and Peya twice, one for each field. So the following divide fields to make them considered two fields. Hanachal, Fashlulis, 
V'derech hayachiv, v'derech harabim. So we know what all of them are except for shlulis. My shlulis. What is a shlulis? I'm Rav Yudam Shmuel. Makam shmei shalul and It's a place where rainwater gathers. Rav Bibi, I'm Rav Yochanan. Amas hamayim shemachleka shalul agpei. No, it's a, it's a it's an amas hamayim. Amas hamayim, like we said previously, is a thing that holds water that's an ama wide and an ama deep. That's why they call it an amas hamayim. That from which you uh, you you mashke the uh, the field. Mandi, I'm Makam shmei shalul and sham kolshkin amas so if you hold the place where the rainwater happens to gather is enough of a divider between two fields, then for sure an Amas HaMayim is enough of a divider between two fields. That's much more significant. But if you hold the Amas HaMayim is a divider between two fields. But if it were just uh, the place where the rainwater gathers, that you wouldn't say is a proper division between the two fields, because that's just like the cracks of the land. That's not considered anything special. New Mishnah. If a person lights a fire in his own property, how much, to, how far away from the property line does he have to keep the fire? So Reb Lazar ben Azariah Omer, Rono Sekilu to base core. He has to be lighting as if he were in the middle of a base core. He needs to have a chazi base core in every direction of the fire. So meaning if Lav uh, Dafka that he has exactly a base core of land, he needs more than a base core of land because the space that the fire takes up uh, doesn't count, right? It's not a, it's not a chazi core from the center of the fire in every direction. It's a chazi core from the edge of the fire. Fire in every direction. So Reb Lazar says 16 amos, just like a Darak that's all you need. You need to stay 16 amos away from the property line. Rabbi Kiva says you need to stay 50 amos away from the property line. Rabbi Shimon says you can't come up with a rule. Are you making a little campfire? Are you making a bonfire? What are you making? You have to, you know, you're lighting a match? What, 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 what's the fire exactly? It depends. It all depends on the fire. So, does Rabbi Shimon really not hold the Vashir for the fire of you're not allowed to have a fire, uh, uh, an oven in your house unless you leave four amos of airspace on top of it so you don't burn down the house on top of yours, right? If you live in an apartment building and someone lives on top of you, you don't want to burn that down, so you need four amos. If you live on the top floor, you need three tefachim of a pedestal underneath it, and if it's a kiri, you only need one tefach. The kiri is a smaller type of oven. And even then, if it does damage, you have to pay for the damage done. Rabbi Shimon says, no. Why do you think you have to leave the four amos? The four amos means that you did what you needed to do to be safe, and therefore, if it does fire damage, you're potter. Otherwise, what's the point of the four amos? If I'm going to be chayv anyway, why should I leave the four amos? So it must be that the four amos are there to exempt you. But you see, Rabbi Shimon holds that there is a shear. Right, that there is a shear. Once you do that shear, then you're potter. So says Gemara. No, he means it all depends on the uh, the height of the the fire. Meaning, it it doesn't mean you pay no matter how big the fire is, no matter how far away it is. As long as you took reasonable precautions for that fire, you're going to be potter. But what's considered a reasonable precaution would depend on the fire. You light a uh, pile and there are kalim inside of it. So Rav says you pay for what's inside of it. And the Chama say, no, you, you pay for how much a pile of wheat or barley or whatever it looked like it was a pile of, you pay for that. If a Gedi was tied to it, 
it or an Evid was near it and got burnt with it, you're still high for the money because uh, the you're not high for the Evid and the Gedi. They should have uh, the Gedi is mamun and the uh, the Evid should have run away. Evid kafelso Gedi samachal v'nisrofimal But if the Evid is tied down to it and the Gedi is uh, nearby and it gets burned with it, you're going to be pater because then we have come levidrab since you killed the Evid. Umadim chacham l'rabiyuda b'madikas habira shumishalim kol even though the Chacham say you're, you're potter on Taman Be'esh, on things that are not exposed to the human eye in a fire. But if you burn down a building and it turns out there was stuff inside that building, of course you're going to be chayiv. You're going to pay for everything that was in it. It's not unusual to have stuff inside of a building. People live there. There's obviously things in there. You're going to have to pay for it. The whole machlokas is if you light the fire in your property and it goes and it damages in your friend's property. Rabbiuda says you and the rabbinans say that you're going to be pater. But if you light a fire in your friend's property, then for sure you're going to have to pay for everything that was inside, for everything that you burnt, even if it was tamun. Rava says ihachi. If that's the case, if you want to come up with a case where the Rabbanan are going to be Machayev Yuan Tamun, why do you come up with a case of burning a building down? You can come up with a much less extreme example, a much closer example. You want to come up with a case with the Rabbanan or Moda? Just say you lit a fire in your friend's property and the Rabbanan or Moda. Elam Rav so rather Rav says betarti pligi. They argue on two accounts. Pligi b'madik patok shalov v'halcha v'halcha patok shal chaver. The Rebbe Mechayev atam beish. Rabban Sabi lam Mechayev. They argue if you light the fire in your own property, whether you chayev on tamun or not. Pligi nami b'madik b'shel chaveru. The Rebbe Yehuda suffer mishalim kol mashu patok v'afilu arniki. And they argue if you lit it in your friend's property, where Rebbe Yehuda says you're going to have to pay for everything, even if a wallet was hiding in there, something that's not unusual. For Rabban Sabi kelim shadak on the hatim begadish kigon morigin v'klei bakar hu demishalim. No, you would pay for certain things that are tamun, but only things that are normal to be hidden in there. Something that's totally abnormal for it to be hidden in that pile, you wouldn't pay for.